By order of the Peaky Flipping Blinders, we're here to deliver you a very important message on behalf of Tommy Shelby himself. Season 5 of BBC's Most Loved Show is now on Netflix. And here on Netflix, we're going to give you the lowdown on the series and everything you could possibly need to know about Season 6. But you have been warned, enter at your peril because we will have enormous spoilers from here on out. Barney Kinkle, the only person you're going to scare is yourself! Charlie! What are you oh, doing? Hit the noise down. <gasps> what are you doing here? Maze, just in time. There's a whole load of police here. I think they're worried you're gonna hurt yourself. Or someone else. <laughs> How many children are you friends with? Hi, so I'm here with Neela Debna. Heya. And we're both massive fans of Peaky Blinders, right? Yes, we are. <laughs> so we're actually really excited for today's podcast uh, because season five is now on Netflix and uh, we're going to tell you everything that you need to know about the season and everything that's coming up for season six. So as a quick recap for season five, Tommy played by Killian Murphy is back and this time he's an MP for South Birmingham and is very much on the side of the working class. He faces struggles from Oswald Mosley, who's played by the brilliant Sam Claffin, who was a genuine and real-life character. Sir Oswald Mosley is the Minister of the Duchy of Lancaster and Deputy to the Chancellor of the Exchequer. And, if he wasn't busy enough, he was also the Cabinet Advisor to the Prime Minister of Great Britain. He's also the MP for Smethwick, the constituency bordering South Birmingham, Tommy Shelby's constituency. So there's already a clash there. And he's described as the devil and is closely under the supervision of the Peaky Blinders, in real life, he set up the British Union of Fascists in 1932. Tommy sets up a big and grandiose plan to get rid of Mosley and attempts to have one of his former colleagues in the army shoot him while giving a fascist rally. However, it all goes wrong, and as someone picked up on the Shelby plan and foiled it. So, Neela, what do we make of the Oswald storyline? You know, I kind of thought that Al Capone was going to be in this season, but Mosley was the kind of villain. Yeah, so I did speak to um, Steve Knight about it and he was like, no, 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 I don't want to do it. It's been done so much. I'm going to stay away from Chicago gangsters. But um, in terms of season five, I thought it was the best yet. Um, Just in terms of plotting and family dynamics, it was great. Um, But yeah, it is the thing that gave it the edge was definitely the intertwining of real history and the inclusion of uh, fascist MP Oswald Mosley because you really got an insight into kind of fascism in Britain in the 1930s and it's terrifying I never knew anything about it and almost how close we kind of essentially came to Nazism I'd say um, I think definitely the historical elements make it so so strong and also on, on a side note I guess I really like the Chinese gangster Brilliant Chang who's played by Andrew Koji who was in, kind of introduced I mean I think um, Steve Knight really needs to make a kind of Brilliant Chang series but that's just on the side see now I was actually really confused by Brilliant Chang's inclusion because it wasn't like throughout the full season sure it just popped up and I was like we've already got this fascist he's a bad guy you know what I mean and it's like now they're bringing in like another kind of um well I, I can't really tell if he's a villain I guess he's just a rival gang member yeah but um yeah they're bringing in this guy and I was like Right, okay, is he the bad guy? I, I don't know, there's been quite a lot of criticism about it being, season five being a little bit too convoluted, trying to do too much. Would you agree with that or not? I don't know. I, I think every single season of Peaky's is always very 
dense there's a yeah. lot going on I can kind of see where people are coming from but I don't think it's that complicated there are more complicated shows out there on Netflix the <laughs> OA for instance not anymore <laughs> yeah RIP but yeah exactly there are other shows that are a lot more kind of complicated than that there's not that much to follow I, I think he's going to pop up again because when we go into it later on about who betrayed Tommy he could be one of the people so we don't know if he's an Mm. antagonist or if he's like a kind of friend of Tommy yet it feels like they don't really do anything without exploring it properly so you know perhaps we will see more from him and um, what did you think of Oswald I thought Sam Claflin was brilliant in the role completely agree with you I thought he was fantastic um his performance the problem is you do he kind of captures that charisma that this fascist man with like these hateful views had and you're kind of liking him and at the same time hating him it was really well done and that line was kind of trod very well because I was listening to a podcast where Sam Claflin was saying that he kind of when he first started doing it he kind of got stopped by the producer and they were like no no no, we don't want you to kind of give us an impression we want you to kind of give your kind of take on it and so that's why he's described it as a flavor of Oswald Mosley and his kind of take on it. But you have to wonder, like, how far he went with it. Yeah. It is, he's terrifying. He's really, really scary. He is. He is. I mean, again, like, the fact that he managed to drum up so much support. He paid visits to, like, Hitler and Mussolini and stuff before launching his party. It's just... it's. I, I just can't believe it, really. Yeah, I read somewhere that he got married um, in Joseph Goebbels' like house and had Hitler as a guest. And Why it's does just that a, not surprise me? Yeah, that kind of guy is not the one you want to be messing with, really. And has, has Tommy met his match with him? Definitely. I mean, he can't outsmart him. There's one point where they're kind of trying to outsmart each other and then... Tommy has a trump card with the kind of, oh, I know that you're having an affair with both Mm. your sister-in-law and your mother-in-law at the same time kind of thing. But you can see that they're quite evenly matched. And this isn't somebody that Tommy's just going to kind of get rid of like he has in the past. This is somebody who is really slippery. Yeah, Tommy can't just go in and kill him because he's now got a position. He's got title and he has to actually think about his behaviour. And I think that maybe... I, I found in season five, especially Tommy is not the gangster anymore. He's very much like treading the line between gangster and actual respectable figure mm. now. And it, it's interesting to see the way that he struggles to cope almost because he can't just go in and shoot someone. Yeah, it's it's that fascinating play. And I'm glad they've kind of moved it on because I think it would have got too stilted if it just kind of stayed with him being the gangster. That He is treading a very interesting line and obviously he can't be associated with bumping off Mosley. Mm. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see where it goes if he still remains a politician, what happens with Mosley? I, I imagine Mosley's still going to be part of it. Yeah, the real life Mosley didn't die like yeah. until, you know, old age, genuine death. But, you know, he wasn't killed. Yeah, and I mean, like, the kind of the fall of the British Union of the Fascists um, didn't come until 1940, a year after the Second World War broke out. And we kind of know Steve Knight has implied that he wants to finish peakies with the sirens of the second world war so there's definitely scope for Mosley to be in it for season six if not season seven potentially interesting and then um, one of the other big themes of the season was family Arthur played by Paul Anderson parted ways with Linda who's Kate Phillips and she basically decided that she wanted him to take some power off Tommy you know not be bossed around by him anymore and there's an incredibly dramatic shooting and as a result she almost died so she stayed alive just long enough to tell her husband to go and do one what do we make of Linda this season and I guess the women in general Mm. 
I, I think the women in general are brilliant. They've always been kind of, you've always had strong women on Peaky Blinders, led by Aunt Polly, played by Helen McCrory, who was sensational. Um, I mean, since season one, even, you've had Grace Shelby. She was brilliant. She was this double agent trying to infiltrate the Peaky Blinders and working for Inspector Campbell before switching sides and falling in love with Tommy. And then, yeah, you've got Lizzie as well, who has basically worked her way up. She was essentially a call girl and then has kind of worked her way up within the company. And even in season four, she refused to be paid off by Tommy when he's giving wads of cash out to his family. But she's just like, no, I'm not going to be paid off by you. So, yeah, I think the characters, the female characters are brilliant. And glamorous as well. Very I, I, glamorous. I'm very it. envious of the costumes. Yeah. Um, however, I wish, wish, wish that Linda died. Really? Honestly, I screamed with joy when she got shot. I was so happy. <laughs> she's just one of those characters that she's she's just too annoying that I couldn't get past it. Like I didn't find it enjoyable for me anymore. Like yeah. I understand that was probably the point of the character, but for me I couldn't even see a redemption with her. I just needed her to die. <laughs> it's so hard. It's so hard because you know that in some respects she's kind of this kind of moral compass and we're always rooting for Tommy, even when he's doing bad mm. things. Even when he's like having a go at nuns, the nuns being abusive to children and racist. So it's kind of like this kind of really grey morality going on so with her she's very black and white with her morality she's just very much like I am Christian we do not do this so I kind of get the purpose of her character she does hustle hard though yeah yes she (laughs) She does she does um I don't know how I feel about her as a character I think she's very interesting as someone as an outsider who's got very strong morals to be part of this kind of show so it'll be kind of interesting I think she'll still come back she's got a child with Arthur and she knows they're going to be raising him and the dynamics as well between Linda and Lizzie especially you know Lizzie was trying to say like look just accept it exactly you know this is how we play as women and I just thought that she could never quite get on board with that and maybe if she did she would become a kind of Aunt Polly eventually you know that's really interesting yeah I I definitely agree I think she could become like that because we know that kind of Linda has had this kind of shady background and stuff so she has got a past so she could definitely do that but yeah it seems like she's trying to step away so much from it that she can never quite go back to that kind of life because it's almost like she as soon as she slips back into it I think she worries she's gonna fall really far Mm. and I think as well I have to say Lizzie and Tommy their relationship their scenes yeah maybe one of my favorites like ever I just think that they have this electric relationship and it's you can't decide if you want them to be happy or if you want them to just part ways and just get over and done with. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. I definitely They both play it so well. They do. It is an interesting relationship in terms of power and they kind of know that each of them has power in a different kind of way and they, they explore it beautifully. So it'll be interesting to kind of see where that goes, but at the same time, you can tell that because Tommy's having all these kind of like hallucinations of his wife, grace he's still very much in love with grace regardless Mm. of his feelings (laughs) yeah he always was i think the problem is that i think grace was like kind of his first love and he's just never going to get over that he just needs a woman like straight up yeah i volunteer (laughs) (laughs) but um you know linda wasn't the only one with ambition as we saw michael gray arrive back in the country after losing a very large chunk of the shelby fortune in the wall street crash and he didn't come alone he brought his pregnant wife gina who was certainly a firecracker of a female 
And by the end of the series, he basically decided he wanted to be the kingpin. And along with Gina's help, set up a plan to overthrow Tommy by stealing all of his American custom, thus earning more than the Brummy boy ever could. It's a risky move. Do we think that Michael's going to survive this? Like, I, I just... God, I hated him so much, but I also loved him. <laughs> I don't know. He's changed so much. When he first turned up in Peaky's, he was almost positioned as this kind of Michael Corleone kind of figure from like the Godfather that he's going to, going into this kind of mafia world and he's going to be groomed as the next kind of Godfather. And then that hasn't happened. And now he's turned into this kind of villain, potentially. Yeah. I think he's, you know, that's the, the negative effect of a woman <laughs> on a man. Mm. Like he's he's had Aunt Polly who's like, well the best and then Gina you know newcomer Gina telling him that he has brains he has the power and he could be actually better than Tommy you know he could genuinely own a fortune mm. and obviously money's not everything but it is in Peaky Blinders oh yeah definitely very much and um yeah I just that last scene with him with the family meeting and the kind of showdown I just I didn't know how it was going to end because I was like Tommy's going to shoot him in the face here. Like, how can he not? What a betrayal. I did that. Yeah. There was a moment that you just think it's just all going to go horribly wrong. Because I think Arthur and Tommy do shoot somebody else for betraying them earlier on in the episode. Yeah. And it's very Twice much... they do it, like in the season. Yeah. Like... So it's that sense of foreshadowing that is he going to do it to Michael? Um, I think they're definitely, they've kind of, Steve Knight has opened that up to kind of be played with more. We know that Jean is going to be back. We're going to see more of her family. Mm. That's kind of what they've kind of implied with that storyline, who they are. They're quite affluent, so we're going to see more of that, and that will be really, really kind of intriguing who these people are and how they'll feel about Birmingham gangsters. Yeah, completely different worlds apart from each other. Exactly, from New York to Birmingham. And did you like Gina as a character? I thought she was, I thought she was quite a cool character. I think Anthony Byrne, the director, has said that she isn't quite a Lady Macbeth because she's got kind of her own agency. She knows what... She's got her own motives. She isn't just the one whispering in Michael's ear. She's got plans herself. So I think those are going to kind of unfold and we're going to see a bit more of that. I think as well, I think for me, she is what I wanted Linda to be. (laughs) Oh, that's (laughs) interesting. You know, she's still whispering in Michael's ear. She's still forcing him to go and do this and betray Tommy. But she does it in like a sexier way than Linda does almost. Mm. And like, she's a lot more alluring. And I think because, you know, we, we... have seen Linda as a very weak and vulnerable character. Yeah. I think the transformation to turn her into a strong one wasn't as believable. Yeah, I think so. I think you kind of need her. You need the variation, don't you, of characters. You can't have all of them, unfortunately, being strong women. So you're going to have to have some that are a lot more flawed. And with Gina, I really liked Anna Taylor-Joy playing her because I've seen, I saw her in Split before playing like this terrified girl running away from James McAvoy's crazed maniacal villain but in this she is just so different she's so steely so kind of like what was that look with like Oswald Mosley yeah just every look just what was every look but everything she did I just thought it meant something else and I was like this is like really really clever player she knows what's going on she's she's got a game plan and I think there's definitely gonna be more there and finally the biggest plot twist of the entire five seasons saw the assumed dead Alfie Solomons played by Tom Hardy make a triumphant return he revealed he was shot in the face by Tommy who did certainly aim to kill him but he had a poor shot and thankfully everyone's favorite cockney was alive and well Neela what do you think 
Oh, I loved it. I loved it. How could you can't kill off Alfie Solomons? You just can't. Well, they did though. Well, well, well we <laughs> thought they did. We thought they did, but I just it was great to have him back. I mean, even the episode before and the penultimate one where they're just they mention him and you're like, oh, no. Twitter just erupted in flames. Exactly. <laughs> I thought that Alfie was alive. That's the thing. He is such a well loved character. He is definitely the foil to Tommy Shelby and they work so well together I mean obviously they're always kind of at each other's throats but my god it was so good to kind of see how he survived I mean it wasn't looking too great let's be honest no not not (laughs) typical Tom Hardy he looked a bit like he had grayscale from like Game of Thrones crossover (laughs) just just had this like half of his face was kind of like a little bit not so good I was really surprised they teamed up though hmm I'm not, I'm not, because I think they have that kind of brotherly relationship. Mm. They war like there's no tomorrow. But then at the same time, they have such a respect for each other. Yes, definitely. That I think they would probably have each other's back for the, the greater evil. Yeah. <laughs> almost. But yeah. um, I have such mixed feelings on Alfie's return, I have to say. Okay, go on then. <laughs> it's confession time. I'm so happy to see him back mm-hmm. because, yeah, fantastic character, amazing, incredible but this is a season where Linda didn't die, even though she was shot and it kind of looked like she was going to die. Um, and then Alfie come back and I was just thinking, oh God, like, are people starting to come back to life? Like, sure. you know what I mean? Like people yeah. are not, people are, are now invincible. And that's not what Peaky Blinders is about. We've no. had some of the most like tragic deaths ever, like John, RIP. Yeah. But, um, you know, you, I just thought, oh, I don't think they should have. Because I know what you mean. Yeah, I think I, I agree. I think it kind of means that the stakes aren't ever going to be so high exactly. if you know that they could come back. They had a really beautiful ending. You know, it was on Margate Beach. They had a standoff. Tommy got the dog. Yeah. <laughs> like it was all very sweet and emotional. Um, Alfie said he had cancer. It's like, right, okay, this is actually a really, really great ending. I'm sad, of course I am, because I love Alfie. Mm. But then, yeah, to bring him back so soon as well, it's just like, Oh, I don't know. I don't know. They could have, I think they could have waited a season. I think you're right. But the problem is that they only have six episodes and they cram in so much. So it was probably always going to happen that they would bring him back right at the end. It was brilliant to just hear that voice though. (laughs) He's not even on screen and you're like, (laughs) wait. (laughs) And um, so obviously season five was incredible. We kind of loved it <laughs> yes totally totally yeah and uh, you know it has had its flaws you know people have said the cram too much in but you can never cram too much peaky blinders into your life I don't think no I agree <laughs> and Neela what can we expect for season six you know where's Tommy gonna be okay well again spoilers but but if you've listened this far you've kind of like you know you know what you're getting <laughs> so in terms of spoilers well we saw Tommy kind of apparently look like he was about to end his life but He's not dead. It's Peaky Blinders. Tommy well, Shelby. He could be. <laughs> Maybe it's a massive double bluff and he actually is dead. I'd be impressed if it was. Alfie's now the lead character. <laughs> that would be a twist. But um, yeah, because director Anthony Byrne has already kind of said that they were thinking of different ways of ending it. And this was just a kind of, they decided to go for a cliffhanger ending because previously they've wrapped up a lot of things, but they decided not to do so. And um, this season's probably been the most open-ended it's been since about season four when kind of, Tommy kind of got his whole family arrested and they were all like taken away and thrown into jail um so this is going to be fascinating to see but I think he's just gonna 
people are suggesting it's a dream. There have been theories about that. Um, but I think in terms of other theories, um, I mentioned before Gina Gray and her family, I think they could be big villains in season six. She also mentions them at the, like the family meeting and kind of suggests that they could be kind of that they could be involved somehow and again it's kind of like Anthony Byrne said she's going to have a big role to play just what that will be we'll have to see also Oswald Mosley we're definitely going to see more of him I mean Sam Claflin didn't know whether he was going to be returning but it looks like he is going to be because you can't just leave it open-ended how can you have an assassination attempt and then just leave it at that there's definitely going to be some kind of fallout from that especially with that Churchill Tommy scene as well um, I think it's just going to be a continuation, really, of that kind of cat and mouse game between um, Tommy and Mosley, I think, and who will win. Because we know that Tommy wants to take him down, but we'll have to see how it happens. And other kind of things, I guess we might actually see a little bit, perhaps, depending on how they do it, of the f- downfall of the British kind of fascist party. But again, if it goes by the, via the timeline, that might not happen till season seven. So... Mm. we'll have to see and do we know how many seasons there are currently going to be well the bbc has not yet officially recommissioned season six but i can't imagine how they're not going to given the sheer volume of interest steve knight has previous previously said he wants seven seasons and wants to round it off there do it really nicely finish with the sirens of world war ii Timeline, that would probably take us to there, I think, if we got the pace that we are now. Exactly, that's what I think. Because it was always this kind of interwar period drama in between the end of the First World War and the beginning of the Second. So that's the story he wants to tell. So I think Seven would wrap all of that up, really. Mm. And so we kind of mentioned it a little bit earlier, but obviously Tommy was betrayed massively um, when his plan to kill Mosley was was foiled. Mm. Who betrayed Tommy? I think there are so many options, aren't there? I think there's Gina, who who said something along the lines of, we're going to be forced to take the second option. What does that mean? What does that actually mean? What was the first option? The first option, I think, ended up in... Just having a go. <laughs> I was going to say, ended up in flames when Tommy threw it into the fire. Yeah. So that, Take it by force. Yeah, that, that restructuring plan didn't go down well. <laughs> and then, obviously, there's Aunt Polly. She handed in her resignation. She knew what was going to happen. How can she not know? She's like... Tommy's right-hand man. So would she have done something? Would she have said something? That's a possibility, but I'm just, I'm not completely convinced. Then there's also Barney Thompson, bless him. He was the one that had PTSD who had been brought in to assassinate Mosley. And obviously that didn't happen. And we know that he has mental health issues. So he might have let something slip without realising it. And then unfortunately paid the price. I guess I've also mentioned Alfie. He's another one because obviously he knew what was going to happen. Why doesn't he like get in there and do something? I mean, also Tommy's got his pet dog. Maybe he wants the dog back. Maybe I mean, he said the dog was happy. He said that he can't have the dog back because <laughs> the dog's like working for the government or something. Really? Yeah. There's like a really, really funny line that when I listened back to it on second viewing, I was like, the dog's a spy? Like what? <laughs> I guess the other one that I'd say, this one is probably more plausible. Do you remember that scene with Finn where he's talking to that singer Billy Grade and then kind of lets everything slip and then Billy picks up the phone and we don't know who kind of he's talking to, that kind of thing. So that there's definitely an opening there for him to have potentially betrayed the Peaky Blinders. Why he would do that is very dangerous considering at the beginning of the season you saw him 
kind of getting intertwined and kind of involved with them. But he's been in the background of season five, so I think he could be a potential villain. That's it. I feel like he was just sitting around kind of watching everything. Yeah, I was wondering, what's going on? Why is this guy here? Why do we keep cutting back to him? Yeah, I think he's the leader of the Billy Boys. Not um, Jimmy McCavin? No, I think it's him. That's an interesting theory. <laughs> just because his name's Billy. <laughs> like, I just thought it was too coincidental to have... I didn't even think about that. ...someone called Billy and then have this group called the Billy Boys. And I just thought, oh, hang on, like, is there a link there? Oh, again, TBC. <laughs> well, obviously, there's a lot to come in season six. Mm. But um, I can't wait for it, can you? <laughs> yeah, I think... I feel like it's going to be 18 months. It might be shorter from what I've heard, but... It took a while to get season five out. Yeah, it's about 18 months, I think, between seasons. So we're in for a wait. But plenty of theories before then. And so. also plenty of things to watch on Netflix. Yes. What a segue. <laughs> <laughs> so we have rounded up a couple of the best shows that are coming out in October for you. Neela, what is your pick? Okay, so we're going to start off with Big Mouth Season 3. So it's the adult animated comedy about teens and it's going to be returning in all its kind of cringeworthy and gross glory. That's going to be coming out on the 4th of October. That has like a super huge cult following. It does, it does. I feel like animated, kind of adult animated shows are having a moment at the moment, like Rick and Morty, Disenchantment, all of these kind of things. And the furore surrounding BoJack Horseman has been cancelled. Yes. Yeah, massive and again more shows being cancelled which is a bad sign but big mouth seems to be gone from strength to strength yeah i think it's coming back for more definitely there's also this um new superhero drama um so that's been produced by creed and black panther star um michael b jordan and it's called raising dion and it's about a mother who a single mother who's raising a super um a superhero basically a child who has superpowers called dion and it's kind of about looking after him how do you deal when your child can basically fly and then you're kind of like you have to come down from that tree now you've got to go to bed that kind of thing it sounds like that um what's it we need to talk about kevin or that show <laughs> that film it sounds a little bit like that but in a like less weird way i was gonna say <laughs> um so yeah so that's and and the the twist is kind of going to be that you've got people hunting for these people with superpowers to kind of take them away so that's quite a shadowy thing that's also going to be coming out on the 4th of october so that sounds like what riverdale should be I think Riverdale, yeah, it's back again. It's all going to be insane fun and it's going to be kitsch and just, yeah, loads of pop culture references. Um, So this year, the kind of characters are going into their final year of high school. So I think they're going to be playing up to all that kind of nostalgia. But I guess the big thing is going to be what's happened to Jughead Jones. Well, what has happened to Jughead Jones? That's the question. (laughs) We were left on a massive kind of cliffhanger at the end of season three where kind of um, Archie, Veronica and Betty were burning their clothes and Jughead wasn't there and they were burning his beanie. That, not the beanie. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So we're going to find out what's going to happen with that. So that one um, is a little bit different because it's a CW show. It's going to be airing weekly from the 10th of October on Netflix UK. And do we have many more seasons left of Riverdale? Because it sounds like they may be getting to the end of it if they're I think school. it kind of needs to come to a end. Um, there hasn't been any word on a season five yet, but the producers are definitely going to have to look at how they're going to do the show because can they still call it Riverdale if their kids are all going off to college in yeah. different places? Spin off. <laughs> 
Oh, a, a spin-off of a spin-off. Because we're also going to get Katie Keene. Um, that's going to be showing in America. I don't know when it's coming out here. But that's from the Archieverse as well. And obviously, um, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, another spin-off. So we've got plenty from that kind of world. So who Lots knows? to sink your teeth into. Mm. And I guess the other one, how can we not mention it? El Camino, a Breaking Bad movie. So Yay. obviously it's going to be expanding the universe. I believe that you're speaking about it at some point. Yeah, we're going to be doing a, a special podcast about it next week because how can we not? It's the biggest and most highly anticipated film to ever hit Netflix or any other streaming platform ever, I would probably say. Definitely. It's the one that we thought wasn't going to happen as well. You know, it was kind of rumoured and then all of a sudden there's a trailer <laughs> and it was like, oh, okay, they're actually doing this now and there's just such... Oh God, I can't wait. It's really going to be exciting. So yeah, it'll just be with Aaron Paul back as Jesse Pinkman. So got plenty to look forward to. And that's going to be out on the 11th of October for fans to check out. Um, there's also a weird show called Living With Yourself, which sees Paul Rudd taking the lead as a character called Miles, who comes home, finds out he's been replaced with a better version of himself. I can't wait for this one. I think it looks awesome. I'm not sure how I feel about the premise, but Paul Rudd times two. It could be interesting. Yeah, he's good. He's a good comedy actor. There's probably going to be some funny moments in it. And also, like, I think he's a good, quite a good dramatic actor. I think mm. this sounds like it's going to be a little bit of a balance between both of them. He's obviously starring a lot in it. <laughs> so. It sounds very, ex uh, very much like a kind of experiment. A bit like Maniac, actually. That was very kind of experimental, what he was doing. So that one is going to be coming out on the 18th of October. And this last one, I'm really excited for this. So this is Daybreak. So this is based on a comic of the same name by Brian Ralph. And it's got Matthew Broderick in it. So it's basically about a teen who's trying to find his girlfriend in like a post-apocalyptic California. So I'm getting kind of Mad Max vibes and The Walking Dead. I think this one's going to be big. I think it's going to get that huge cult following. And also you can't have enough Matthew Broderick. It's true. <laughs> I mean, let's see. I mean, people do love a good kind of end of the world thing. If The Walking Dead's going for like a decade now, then I think any of these kind of shows are always going to attract people to it. That one's coming out on the 24th of October. Fabulous. And anything else to round us up? Um, we've got the Kaminsky Methods season two with Alan Arkin and Michael Douglas reprising their roles for one more outing. And that one is coming out on the 25th of October. Fantastic. What's your pick? I think I'm going to probably have to go with Riverdale I know that sounds really bad but I do like a bit of kind of trashy fun, trashy <laughs> fun. but I'm also intrigued by um Raising Dion I think that could be quite interesting because it's a different take on the superhero genre and we know that there's a shed load of stuff both DC and Marvel and with Marvel with their own kind of streaming platform sorry Disney's streaming platform there's going to be so much superhero content. So I think this could be an interesting and different story. Yeah, it's good because DC and Marvel have their own streaming platforms now. So yes, I guess of course. It's, you know, it's Netflix's go <laughs> yeah. at their own superhero canon. So yeah, it's quite exciting. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And I know that Mark Miller has got some stuff in the pipeline. He did um, Kick-Ass and Kingsman. So he's been... Great films. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's kind of struck a deal with them. So he's doing some bits and bobs. So that'll be interesting to see as well. Fantastic. And I'm just all about El Camino. <laughs> it's coming. <laughs> I'm, I'll be excited to listen to the podcast and see <laughs> what, what comes up. Well, thank you very much, Neela, for our chat about Peaky Blinders. Loved it. Thank you too. It's been a joy.
as always. And uh, that is all for this week. So thank you so much for joining us. And if you liked what you heard, please subscribe, comment and tell your friends about us and join in with the debate on Twitter on at NetflixPod, where we'll be teasing details of our next episode. And next week, it's the biggie. We've already mentioned it. It's El Camino. So that is the Breaking Bad movie that's coming out on the 11th of October. And we're going to have absolutely everything that you need to know before you watch it, after you watch it, while you're watching it. There's lots of snacks that you can probably have with it. (laughs) We'll have everything for you. And um, yeah, so tune in next week for that one. You absolutely cannot miss it. Thank you. Bye.